0: Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, thank you, Jonathan. This is Propaganda Daily, and I I really appreciate you, uh, you know, joining me and having a conversation, and we can talk about keeping uh, bitcoin healthy and decentralized in the network so like i guess to start can you uh i guess give us kind of your uh your backstory a little bit like what what are
1: you doing who are you and what's going on <laughs> yeah for sure so i think our story is very inspiring for anybody that just wants to get uh, you know started in bitcoin uh because our story is nothing special we started with just one miner it was a uh, s9 back in 2016 so we've been interested in bitcoin for quite a while uh, but back then um, and the main narrative you know was that you can't you can't mine it's not worth mining and there was a lot of things that happened uh, so recent stories back in 2016 there was still like butterfly labs so those were some ASICs yeah. that never got delivered or got delivered so late that the profitability the the ROI on it was already you know gone uh, so there 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 was a lot of you know those scams that happened you know recently in the industry back then and uh, still a lot of misinformation um so And and most of the mining was done in China back then. So we had this opportunity being here in Quebec, having that very cheap hydroelectricity. We started to run the numbers with the first generation of S-Line they were releasing. And we decided to buy just one because that was essentially what we could do. And uh, if I'm not incorrect, I'm pretty sure we probably funded a bit of it from a credit card, you know, so not necessarily the best uh, financial decision. (laughs)
0: Do you remember just for the sake of his history here, I'm a little bit of a history uh, nerd. Do you remember like what the S9s were selling for back then? Like, roughly uh, yeah
1: so you could only pay in bitcoin back then yeah. and I, I think it was something like maybe three bitcoin or <laughs> yeah which at that time period it you know, wasn't too crazy amount of money so yeah no, that's no, actually, it was like 900 dollars, i think yeah or something like that yeah yeah, yeah b- bitcoin was 300 something like that uh, yeah. uh, b- back in that time Got um it. so yeah we started with that just one uh that just one ant miner now we had an issue from the get-go that we that made us understand very quickly the um, you know the difficulty of mining at home, and so it was coming with a power supply that would only be able to give its full power under uh, 2 220 to 240 volts, and mm-hmm. so here uh, in North America, at least the outlets in homes are mostly 110 to 120, and I was in a small four uh, for. Um, you know, room uh, unit back then. So we really just had those standard outlets. So I looked, and and back then we were fortunate enough, we could use a power supply, um, 1600 watts from EVGA, uh, the G2 version. So we plugged this one in the 110 volts and managed to feed our miner from there in our microwave socket. So we (laughs) would, you know, put it in in that microwave spot and try to, you know, nerf the noise a bit that way, um, but obviously we also learned the hard way that it would make way too much noise <laughs> to be able to run you no know, inside uh, the apartment. Yeah. Um, so at some point we managed to uh, you know get a business started and and we found a um, spot. It was very ideal for us getting started. It was modular and it was neighbor to Ardo Quebec. So in our biggest fantasies where we would be a big miner, we could you know rent all these rooms and I've, I I'd look Quebec just neighbors so they would for sure let us have the electricity mm-hmm. and um, so you know that that was kind of the inception of it uh, and and back then nobody was you know talking about mining essentially nobody uh, in Quebec was you know showing up as miners or, or nothing like that but you know, we we've learned um, after you know that a lot of people were in the exact same position as, as us, doing the exact same things, and later they would become customers of ours or or, or partners or uh, different avenues like that. So we had those modular units. Started with a, a room for twenty miners, increased to forty. 60 then 80 okay. and we were you know g- getting more and more traction and, and more and more business uh, you we had those big media outlets eventually that came um, to the mind and it was our first first big exposure we had like no clue how to deal with that um so i mean if there was any uh, opportunities there we absolutely missed them all uh, because we, we you know we had no business uh, equity we were just starting just pledged starting and and putting their hands on you know that that big world of business and and self-sovereignty and bitcoin and and I think one big thing that different differentiates us from a lot of those miners you'll see out there is that we've went through that route and really went as a bitcoin as Bitcoiners, you know, So mm-hmm. we've always kept in touch with everything that was happening in Bitcoin. So for instance, when there was the UASF, the, the four quarters essentially, you know, we like we, we didn't necessarily go the miners route. We went, you know, the users' route. So we were like very active and, and preaching for SegWit and and we were ready to put all our hash rate under, you know, even if it would be a minority, ch- minority chain back then, and yeah. we didn't have no clue, we were ready to back it and, you know, very ideologically driven. Um, so anyways, uh, with, with time that passed, we get more and more hosting, more and more customers that start to want to host with us that want also to get their first miners uh, running. And obviously for us getting more and more miners is better for us and our customers because we're able to get those, um, you know, economies of scale Mm -hmm. and get cheaper hosting for everybody. So we want to keep on going, uh, but at the scale we have, we can't, you know, we can only go grow so much. So eventually there was the moratorium that was put in place. That's in 2018 in Quebec. So the moratorium essentially is still in place uh, to this date. Um, So, essentially said, okay, we put a freeze on everything that's touching to Bitcoin mining Any, anything that's related to Bitcoin mining as an industry, like we won't feed it until we get, you know, all of this sorted. And we went through audiences and we went through educating the Régis de l'énergie here in Quebec, which essentially oversees uh, electricity de- distribution, which is essentially done only through Hydro That is a monopoly that... You know has um they are the only one that can really sell electricity apart from some private dams and stuff like that but it's Mm. very it's very complicated and very scarce um so uh, obviously we weren't able to scale as fast as we could and, and and so it really Almost killed the company for us right there. Uh, it's gotcha. almost the the end of decentral uh, back in twenty eighteen, and there was okay. the you know the you know the the market started to crash and everything. So it was looking very uh, very hard. Uh, so this this cycle was a you know a lot of uh, learning for us, and from all of that learning and from all of that you know chaos with the moratorium, we were able to seize an opportunity. There was another business essentially in the same spot than us. But they had taken a lease, uh, you know, expecting they would be able to fulfill and and, and put those megawatts they were planning for. Uh, but since Hydro Quebec was not, you know, um, meeting those demands, it was putting them in the hole. So what we did essentially is buy their company and, you know, they, they managed to get out of all their, uh, I would say, um, you know, the lease and stuff like that, that they okay, couldn't yeah. fulfill. And with that company, we managed to get their grandfather clause. And apply, so essentially, we applied oh. that grandfather clause to a new location that Ardu-Quebec allowed us to move and use that as a new mining facility. So that was our first megawatt here in Quebec, which we managed to, uh, you know, obtain through the branches by dealing, you know. Uh, so say it was really something complicated, but we managed to get our, our um, i would say, needle out of the, out of the A-stack.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so, so that allowed us to give very good hosting uh, uh, services to our customers. But when you get to one megawatt, you start to see new issues that are arising more and more for your customers, and that would be the repair issues. So we have our own ashboards that we're stacking, our customers' dashboards stacking, and no no repair service so just as when we started with hosting there was no hosting service really to you know uh use as a template for us it was just the same with repair there was no repair service in north america so we just had to okay. so it was myself essentially at first going on Russian forums, Chinese forums, using, you know, uh, translate services to try to uh, go through all their chats and, and exchange and understanding. I'm coming more from a networking and cybersecurity okay. background. So n- electronics, you know, is essentially real Chinese and Russian to me. <laughs> yep, so yep. I'm having to figure out, you know, to translate their language and to translate electronics and, and, and get that understanding. But eventually I started to manage to fix some of our own boards. Okay, and gotcha. And so then it got interesting. Uh, So some of our customers, okay, please try with my boards. We did. And the demand started to get so crazy. We started hiring and obviously now we went with real electronic technicians and engineer and they could really help us also get all that knowledge. So now, nowadays I fix like, I fix boards, like any day Um, and that's all thanks to my team and to all the research we did in the past. So 2020 was the official start of our, you know, ASIC repair branch and that just got crazy and it got us really interfacing with the big players of the industries. So back then, like the demand for repair was so crazy, like all public companies would, you know, come knocking at the door, please fix my miners and all that stuff. So uh, we we got to a team of about like 30 employees, more than 30 employees actually. Uh, That was obviously, you know, at the at the peak, I'd say, of the mining market because you had China, uh, the China banning mining. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had, you know, difficulty that was essentially staying pretty low Uh, ASIC prices that was going crazy because of the shortage of chips. So there was a lot of uh, of phenomena, you know, going all together. So that created a big, big, big incentive for for ASIC repairs. Uh, Obviously, now it's it's came a lot more uh, back to the means, right? So right now we're a team of about, uh, I think, 12 or 13 uh, people. Okay. Uh, so obviously it's, it's you know, more, um, it's more calm now. Uh, we mm-hmm. still do a lot of repairs. We do a lot of repairs, mostly for retail now. Uh, okay. Public companies, uh, either they have their own repair team and they'll only come to you when they have overflowing boards or they'll Not wait sure. for the market to get crazy and, and like just, spend the double the 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 price on repairs even if it doesn't make too much sense because that's just you know how market behaves um so right now we have a lot of retail customers coming from anywhere in the world so we had like boards coming from australia uh some some countries in africa we had boards coming from you know uh, italy france Um, so uh, really we have a, a big reach um and and we do some live streams also to try to educate You know, how to, how we do it, uh, show transparency. So that's, that's one thing with repairs. I think it's really a matter of, you know, showing people that they can trust you because they're, especially when it comes to, to, to plebs, right? Because you're trusting someone with your life savings in most cases. I mean, yeah. a Zik miner. Uh, you know, when you t- talk with those big companies, like they treat it like like it's nothing. But yeah. for most of us, it's actually like one or two miners is essentially all our savings. So we really yeah, want,
0: especially during that last peak too, right? <laughs> yeah. So we
1: want we want to uh, the person that you know that's gonna uh, work on it to take care of it. And so we understood that very quickly. So we we told ourselves, well, let's show them how we treat their their hardware let's show them that we have the actual you know authority to work on that stuff and 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 so when and also whenever because sometimes we do have to say it's a no fix so whenever we say it's a no fix well you can actually vet that we know what we're doing and we know what we're talking about so we have those live streams and we do a lot of educational content either through uh, you know our blog or through twitter or through youtube or whatever it is really And it got us into Bitax, which I believe is how you uh, found out about (laughs) Essential. So uh, now we, so Bitax obviously is, you know, like opening the book of the, of how the miners work. The next phase, yeah. Yeah, that's what got us interested because we were doing all those repairs and, and, so at some point you like you want to deepen your understanding understand how, how, how it really works under the hood and and that requires a uh, you know technical aptitudes that i i didn't have in most of my yeah. team uh, you know like we couldn't assemble all the puzzle pieces and what scott 9000 i like your followers should really give him a, a follower scott 9000 on twitter mm-hmm. uh, what he did essentially is open that book right so he took all all his tools and Show us how it really works. Definitely. Well, see, yeah, and that's great, and I think that's a great segue
0: into the sort of the next, I think, next key part to this. But I want to ask, uh, just uh, I'll give you a little bit of my background on my mining experience, yeah. which is sort of a, I think it's a, a, a we'll say, an unsuccessful uh, path, but kind of what a lot of people have experienced. So I actually started mining um, circa 2012 on ATI cards. But of course, this was you know I was young and it was just a kind of internet thing and you know it was when we and it, 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 when we went to like twenty dollars a coin and then dropped to three dollars and fifty cents and I actually stopped mining because the four coins I was getting a week or whatever it was the electricity was far more running those mm-hmm. ATR cards right and so you know it's sort of that was my first exposure to mining and it was basically I got priced out of the market on the electricity cost and, and of course I wasn't a really Bitcoiner at that time it was just sort of a internet. Thing, and I worked at a computer shop and sort of similar, mm. you know, background in the networking and secu- uh, cybersecurity, but uh long story short, you know, then I've, you know, fast forward to the 2020, um, 2022, you know, run up during COVID, you know, I decided, Hey, I'm going to go get some, uh, co-located, uh, mm. And I of course bought my first one at like the absolute peak. I think when the, the S 19s were like 11 or $12,000 kind of thing. So I, mm. I bought wrong there. And, uh, then I, I kind of had a follow up with one of the cheaper ones recently. And so I got a one of the closer to the thousand or whatever, just to kind (laughs) of dollar cost average a little bit, but, 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 but effectively, yeah, I think on a, you know um, what I guess where I'm at is, you know, I, I pretty much, you know, I'm not really making any, let's say profit, but I don't care because fundamentally I just want the, 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 the Satoshi's right. It's a stack of sats. That's the goal. Um, but like, I guess one question before we kind of go to the next segment, what, when it comes to, okay, so like I, I'm not even hosting my own miners, but the goal is to, but like for the people that haven't been exposed to the industry, like what are just some of the like troubles or just like the day to day life of a big miner? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of people probably have had like one S nine maybe in their life. They, they have the noisy single box, but like, what is it like to have a, a, a larger mine? Like what's, yeah. what's the experience? What's the trouble, the challenges I should say.
1: So the, the challenge is really is to get it going. Once you get it going, it's just, you know, you have to maintain it. So um, get it going is obviously in, in our cases, and it's going to be different for every, you know, uh, medium to big minor you're going to ask because their parkour is going to be different based on first obviously the jurisdiction so mm-hmm. you have you know the legal side of things you have the the you know the tax implications you have the um, security implications so and that one definitely don't un- undershoot it because mm-hmm. uh, we've learned uh, we, you know oh. we, we had we had the story where there, there, where there was a theft and uh, so mm-hmm. obviously that kind of stuff is is more secure now on, on our end but it's definitely something you don't want to uh, undershoot there is especially when the market is getting crazy and it's yeah. very high uh, you know it puts a target on your head so you definitely have to keep that in mind Gotcha. um, okay. um sorry i just lost my my train of time oh, yeah
0: no worries no worries
1: um so hosting yes So the challenges really is going to be uh, getting started, your security, everything. Um, So you want to make sure, obviously, your heat is well managed. So you want to make sure that, you know, you account well for all your ventilation is going to be done. You want to ensure that, you know, you really separate your hot aisle from your cold aisle if you're going the airway. If you're going the airway, obviously, neighborhood is going to be very important, too, because it creates a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get any noise complaints. And have to shut down your business, you know, just because you uh, undershot the noise, right? So yeah. there's, you know, so, some some stuff like that that you do have to take into consideration that some people might underplay and it might come back to to bite them. Here in Quebec, we do have that, you know, uh, we have to have that blockchain permit. So the only way right now to get one is to find a company that has a grandfather clause and and be able to connect that gotcha. way um so different you know issues and and challenges for anybody based on really their own reality and constraints i got you
0: yeah no 100 percent. well that's kind of good just to get a little bit of understanding for those like my uh you know my main audience is i'm mainly Noster based and you know we're all plebs for the most part we're kind of the the pleb army of uh of all this and a, a lot of uh a lot of Node operators like on Lightning and 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 that's like one of the main reasons why I wanted to really talk to you because you're kind of going into Scott nine thousand and the the um, uh, Bitax project. Um, this is the first time where I'm seeing like okay, pleb mining, we'll call it uh, this idea of just like lower power, lower noise uh, is feasible in a meaningful way, and that's kind of like to segue you into mm-hmm. that like. Just like first off, like w- tell me about like uh, how you, you know, your basically perspective on plug mining, the idea of one or two miners and homes like. Um, what's your perspective on it and I guess any experience or anything that you guys are at Decentral are doing to support that
1: yeah so well at first obviously you know I, I tell I told it myself my own story is to start with with my micro yeah. microwave socket so it's at some point we we had that hosting going and everything and everything was getting shaped around it and I'm starting to ask myself you know like are we our goal first is to decentralize and we're starting to see all those asics to accumulate into like a few hands so f- mm-hmm. first of all there's that and then there's you know what's my own parkour it's not even what i'm selling is not even you know compatible with the my own journey so it, it's getting back you know to the roots of my journey um i started with one miner i started mm-hmm. you know in my mercury socket and, and and something that i've been you know thinking a lot myself is to reuse that eat you know so i there's many ways i want to reuse that heat and so thinking of that you know it's it's all coming together and mm-hmm. so we had that plan so starting last winter actually there was a, you know a crypto cloaks he made that s9 uh, case 3d printed case oh, yeah, and yeah. we were already pushing you know the s9 as a heater but it wasn't sexy and he put it like in a sexy way that's you know it's it's just a case but it 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 becomes a concept it becomes an idea that you can sell and that people can understand and they see that sexy case now and it's a it's a heater and it generates bitcoin it's not like that ugly asic that you've repurposed into so it, really the narrative about it is obviously very important because you yeah. it, it helps you know to uh, to make understand how you can repurpose that s9 really into making new bitcoins and reusing that heat and i think here in canada so Again, thinking of my own reality, my own experiences here, in in Quebec, in Canada, it's cold like seven to eight months a year. So, so it just makes sense for us to go the dual-purpose route. It, it, like, if it doesn't make you ROI, like in your case, you, you you've mentioned, my mining is not necessarily gonna make me, you know, um, ROI money-wise. Okay. Well, at least if it can make you ROI heat-wise, if you don't have mm-hmm. to, you know. Uh, if it eliminates that expense for you, I think Definitely. that's already a, a massive win. And so that's where S nine or whatever, whatever the unit, really it doesn't matter because you're repurposing your mining. And so it becomes really a like one size. It, there's no one size fits all. So uh, we always get asked which miner is the best miner. Well, there's no best miner really. Now yeah. you can just go based on your own reality, your own expectations, your own budget, and and you know choose from that big range of miners so pleb miners i think they have a lot of you know of, of ways to get into mining and all of this combined with you know us doing the repairs starting to see the the bitax starting to dig into it and and yeah. learn more about you know how bitcoin is, is is working so and and there was this conference coming in 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 canada and it just clicked together for us we should make a workshop so from that workshop really and that idea of the workshop everything escalated so we started with that workshop and okay well we should also teach people like this is how we're gonna teach people how mining works this is how we're gonna you know get to um to get under the hood and, and bring people with us with like on how it's working. So a bit like the other projects you see. So for instance, Seedsiger, which is also a project, we're going to do a workshop now um, at the ActFest. So you you want to take those projects and be able to show people how it works. So they're able to vouch for it, right? That's, essentially, that's the way I work. I'm going to vouch for something if I understand and I believe in it, right? So I'm trying to bring people, you know, to the same route I've been. uh, But, you know, with some trails that are done because obviously we are the, we are the pioneers. So we have to, you know, trailblaze a bit uh, for for the ones that follow.
0: Oh, no, no, absolutely. And I, and you hit on some cool things like that's for the pleb miner. there's so many options and it's kind of interesting how, um, you know, we're still recycling S9s, which is kind of cool because, you know, they've been unprofitable forever in the traditional sense, but like I I was listening and I don't know the exact details on it, but, you know, some of this like 120 volt stuff and uh, we're taking like S 17s and just like downclocking them, uh, getting them to much lower power and they, and they improve on efficiency drastically by doing that. So it's like, we're even taking fundamentally obsolete hardware, giving it new life, which I think is a part of, I think the overall a good for the ecosystem and the planet because, you know, having piles of electronic trash isn't good for anybody. So if we can expand the use of this stuff it's just a win-win, right? Absolutely. And I wish I, I wish I lived in a cold environment. I'm in California, so okay. I have the opposite problem. So the heat doesn't do me any good, but I, I believe that people with pools, they want to have a heated pool for people that want uh, maybe even getting to heat uh, like hot water yeah. uh, might become a possibility in the future. So I think it's the fun. builders will build and they will solve the the reuse issue with I think older mm-hmm. equipment. And that's exciting to me because I just think it that going into the decentralized part like it takes a little bit of hash rate away from the centralized bigger players and it's your water heater it's your heater it's you know uh, a axe sitting next to your computer that's just you know cool looking um so i i guess on the um i'm actually really wanting to talk to scott 9000 and it might be a possibility here very soon um but from i kind of want to i don't want to get too much into some of the things that he might be interested in talking about but from your perspective um that's kind of a different thing right um because you guys are basically making assembled completed versions of that right um those small uh BitX ultras um is that like a different workflow for you guys or is the the business of you know the bigger boards and the bigger miners is it just a you know just different hardware basically like was there challenges of actually pumping those out because you are one of the few i think actual uh retail versions of those if i'm not mistaken um what did that yeah, look yes. like so, that I,
1: I think with the with the workshop really is it, it just gave us that you know uh, that incentive to uh, get started in it and to develop you know that do-it-yourself kit, um, you know, uh, thinking because we had to make that thinking for, you know, attendees at the workshop. So we had to figure out and and we had the opportunity also through them uh, to learn what worked and what didn't work. So obviously, most of the attendees, they weren't able to finish their their bitax when we did the workshop. It was the first That's workshop we did, but everybody was super stoked. Everybody was happy. It's just that obviously it's really hard, and most people mm-hmm. they overestimate their um, abilities. So yeah. so, and we understood that, and, and we understood where there was the most issues. So we tried to keep, you know, obviously two things, uh, so that helps us, you know, to create our kids. Obviously, the parts you are that are hard to source and have installed you know by a machine those obviously we have to put by our own end but some mm-hmm. of those we will still install for the customers to keep it simple for them mm. and so we'll only keep like you know larger parts where you have like um, or, or different parts so it gets you to learn different techniques of soldering okay um but there is still some parts that can be quite challenging and tricky so it's not necessarily for uh if you never did soldering it's not necessarily a good you know uh good first start. project yeah yeah <laughs> but it, it, i mean it can be it depends really but uh, yeah. it's it doesn't mean you'll, you'll succeed right <laughs> um so so I think that's what got us to uh, having the the, the the those versions, you know, and those do-it-yourself yeah. kits, really first, and then we started to have. And it's always that I always listen to the community. So we started to have demand for uh, some that were already done. So we did we did those, and then you know you look at other projects that have received a bit of criticism and maybe we can segue in, in in there if you want uh like nerd miners and you look at them mm-hmm. and a lot of people they like them because they're sexy right they're they're shiny they have cool the dashboard package, and yeah. everything so we got the mini bit version a bit in response to that we have you know leds it's big it's like an s9 you know it's uh, mm-hmm. so it becomes like more of a conversation uh starter um and 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 once we have that, then we start having demand, you know, oh, well, it would be nice that, like, the company, the first company that has, one quote, I remember, the first company that has this under $99 is going to, you know, is, is going to be great, everything. It, so, yeah. start to think about it, and, okay, let's do a stripped version, let's have the vanilla bitax. you know, stripped down, like, all the basic parts, you want to have something better, fine, you'll do it yourself. Change the fan, you want to change the fan? Fine, change the fan. You want yeah. a better heat sink? Change the heat sink. We'll have, like, the you know, stripped down version so you can go from there and, and have your own uh, betax. So really, we have like that big range just yeah. because we interacted with the community and we've reacted to it. That's um, awesome, so so and, and that's, you know, what's that's the beauty of it. That's the flexibility of open source. That's the flexibility of what we're trying to bring forward now. Uh, and obviously, you're going to be able to dig deeper um, in that with Scott. But there's the Bitax X that's coming, and mm-hmm. it's just showing how quick first it's evolving and how it can become really relevant. So with the Bitax. Uh, betax X, we're going to have six chips, essentially six, uh, okay. F19 XP chips on the, on the board. So you're getting at uh, three terahashes. hashes. So now start to imagine you yeah. have your three terahash miner with a full node connected. Let's say you have your own solo pool instance. Also, that's running on that home hardware, and everything is running from your home node. You know, and you don't even need Stratum v2 uh, if you're there because you get to have the actual block template created on your own very node. So there is a lot of implications to me uh, in there, uh, especially for censorship resistance, which is yes. a fundamental part of, of Bitcoin. Now, okay, so and this may,
0: I you know, I. This is an area that I my knowledge is a little weak, so I might not even be formulating the question correctly. But I think you know there's a lot of interest in what you just described. This idea of you know I have I have the nodes, I'm already trying to participate in that, but I'm not mining. Mm-hmm. Um, and but a lot of people don't fully understand unless you've done mining, like you have how these. Uh, traditional pools work um you know there's a the luxor there's uh the uh, brain pool and all the other different ones and like how that traditionally works is you're and correct me anywhere i'm wrong but you're basically you're sending your hash to the pool and then once the pool um it, it's keeping score of how much you're contributing and then once a block is found by the pool it then more or less based off your score distributes your share of the of the reward right but there's this other idea there's the idea of uh you know, there's, I think they're called solo, uh, lotto, um, Mm -hmm. pools, similar idea where you're participating in a pool and they're doing some of the heavy lifting for you, but ultimately the miner that discovers the block, gets the whole block, probably some minus some fees. Um, and then there's like this whole other idea and that's literally just basically being by yourself. Um, and uh, describe that. So like what is actually required if you wanted to be, you're not so worried about the you know, you're willing to take the risk, and it's a wild chance, potentially, depending on how much hash power you have. But what do you actually need to be able to be 100% independent um, and do that solo mining? Uh, it, what is actually required yeah. other than the miner itself?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, and obviously it's up to it's up to debate so let, let's say for instance just the the definition of the solo mining uh, it, it, you you could look at it from a rewards perspective so where the okay. rewards or solo is equal to solo mining but some would argue that really solo mining is just when you're doing it from your own node so right okay. there there's there's that debate from you know for the term uh, okay. what i would say is solo pool mining is okay. pretty clear that you're on a pool that's doing solo reward schemes and solo okay. mining is like more confusing and i'd say it's more tending to say you're doing it solo entirely because there's yeah. no pool mentioned so i would say it's on your own node. Okay, uh, sure. that would be my my own perspective on that um so and also one little correction maybe about the uh, the, the the pool so PPLNS, like Brains, for instance, is going to be when you find a block, it's all distributed based on the score Mm -hmm. you've you've kept. But pools like Luxor, for instance, they'll use PPS. So what they do is essentially they take a risk to assume what's going to be the reward for the next block. And they'll pay you for each share you're finding Mm -hmm. and sending their way. And shares are essentially... Um, uh, like medium difficulty block. So let's say it's uh, because you have that amount of zero, we, we know that you for sure tried to make an actual attempt at finding the proof of work. So we'll reward you for that. Mm-hmm. But it's not an actual, you know, useful answer. Got it. Yeah. So basically the
0: for the miner that's participating in those pools, like the Luxor is a much more consistent stream yeah. to them where uh, if you're just waiting for a block to be discovered, there's, a, there's you're taking on more risk as the miner because it's not as consistent. You might not find a block for, you're really unlucky, let's say, and it goes a long time. Uh, I gotcha. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely, that's a good nuance there. <laughs>
1: So, but uh, obviously there's more to it than just, you know, the, the income and the, um, the, you know, the uh, uh, frequency of it. So there's also the, the power that comes with it. So when hashers, what I call, you know, um, miners that have one or two units at home, I would call them hashers. What they're doing really is contributing hashes to the network. So the hashers, when they're going to a pool, like the pool is really doing the miners work. They're really create a, running that full node, creating that block template. And in, in a case where you have about 50% of the network hash rate that is KYC, not necessarily saying that KYC is resulting in, in bad or perverse things, but it tends to be sometimes. And so we can have that expectation where it could eventually, you know, lend to some corruption, some perversion mm-hmm. in the original, you know, Bitcoin's mission. So to me, it would be, uh, you know, pr- uh, preferable to, you know, have more distribution in the hash rate. And I think one of the best distribution you can have is not true different pools. So some people are going to argue, well, if you have that pool starting to do and sensor tra- transaction, hashers can just move their hash rate away. And that's right. It's it, it's real. But like, why give them that possibility in the first place? So then you have improvements like uh, stratum v2. Um, which was essentially coined better hash, but it it like merged into uh, stratum v2. Stratum v2 is essentially uh, an upgrade that allows hashers to be in control of the block template they'll create. So Mm -hmm. you yourself will vote what block you want to see and what transactions you'll include in that block. And then you'll send it to that mining pool uh, node that's going to send it to the network. So there is still the mining pool doing, you know, being a third party, but in that case, they can't, you know, censor transactions on your behalf. So if you're the one that finds that block for the pool, you get the saying on what the block is going to look like. And okay. I think already there, you get a huge win for decentralization. And because Absolutely. like the the mean, like the, the the goal for what decentralization is for is for censorship resistance is, you know, for, for us to be able to include all those transactions in, in the blocks. And, you know, not having, uh, if it respects the rules, Then it gets into the block. It doesn't have to be discretionary, right? So, um, so, so that's already a big win in that, in that sense. But it's still the pool that's doing that, that heavy lifting and that they, they, like, there are still scenarios where we can imagine they could choke hold some of the hashers or maybe just, you know, block the connection. And so, depending on the, you know, um, doomsday scenario you want to play, it might be better if you mine on your own node and you, uh, you know, create the block template on your own. You know, note there if you want to go the solo route, especially solo mining route. uh, But that way, obviously, there's no like rewards for every of the shares you're going to create. So, Most people, I think they're going to tend to go to a device like a Bitax because, you know, it's just 10 to 15 watts. It's essentially the price of a lottery ticket over the year. And and the chances, I believe the chances, and I do have, I wanted to have um, those uh, those numbers, uh, but I believe the chances are not too far from winning the Powerball, right? So it's... Yeah, uh, it's a great, if you're into gambling, I mean, it's a
0: great, it's the best gamble there is really. Um, That's, yeah, I... I was kind of looking at them. And I, w- I didn't get my numbers uh, exact compared to like the California Lotto, but it looked like it almost might be better odds overall. So it's and you yeah, get no, to no. basically you get to play over and over and over again, you know, because it's just running, right? So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, that's that's all. I think I appreciate that because that kind of painted a really good picture. Um, so like what do you think you know we there's been a lot of news like at this point where we're at we're kind of in a bear market but then we're seeing all this signal of big big players big money the traditional system really starting to be looking at what it's going on here so i guess you know we've covered a lot of like the decentralization but what is your um i'll start a two-part question but i'll start with the first part but what do you think today with the projects that are out there for plebs for, if you're running a, you're running the, you know, a Bitcoin node and you're running maybe a lightning node, what do you, what do you think that uh, the best thing that I and others that are just sort of wanting to make the network as healthy as possible, what do you think of like the, some good options for us to, you know, once again, not make profit, Mm -hmm. but just make the thing that we believe in a better, healthier ecosystem?
1: Well, I think you've touched on already on some of them. So, uh, like anything that's going to involve, you know, creativity, and especially in in our case, like there's two um there's two externalities to mining, right? There's bitcoins and there's uh, heat. So obviously, if there's a use case for you for heat, like that's mm-hmm. half of the uh, of the outcome of using an ASIC miner, right? So, uh, like, and, and there's some other use cases that don't even use the heat. So, for instance, let's go to methane mitigation. So there's a lot of ways to be creative and to like turn this into a dual purpose. And I think that's where it's going to win. I think that's where we're going. That's why the network hash rate is going to keep on going up and up and up, even if the market rate doesn't change. So let's say Alvin happens and you know bitcoin stays where it is Uh, like people are expecting you know a dead spiral of mining like i think that's absolutely out of touch because like mining is going to keep on 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 increasing just because of all the use cases that that you can do as dual purpose mining with it and one of those use cases at scale is methane mitigation where for instance and i i believe i've seen some um, statistics they were saying 40 percent of so no all the wasted natural gas just in the US would be able to feed forty percent of the Bitcoin network. Oh wow. Okay. And that's just the wasted, you know, natural yeah. gas. And so when you're going to to drill for natural gas, oil and stuff like that, you have, you know, methane also that's coming out and that's traditionally being being flared. And that's the yeah. most, you know, efficient way to neutralize uh, methane. Uh, so but there is still like something like 8%, I believe that's being lost as methane in the atmosphere. And that's being like 20 times more uh, heavy than CO2. And if, uh, like, wherever you are in the debate, if you see that CO2 could be, you know, uh, um, it could have an impact on the environment, and the goal is to nullify or to reduce it, well, then methane should be like 20 times that goal. And yeah. so Anything that you, so what you're doing is instead of losing that 8%, if you run that, you know, methane into a generator that's designed for it, it's going to be able to turn into 1% waste. And that 7% difference might not look like a lot, but it's doing a difference of 50% emissions. So it's Mm -hmm. like essentially turning the industry carbon neutral. Yeah. Uh, through that through that you know technology so you can you can go there that and it's, that's not really answering your question i'm really sorry it's just like no no it, it. It, it doesn't it doesn't <laughs>
0: matter it's a good it's a good place to go because and i and i think you know to in some ways bring it back full circle yeah. so at the industry level you know using and, and the thing is too is like i know capex is a big part of it you know the cost of the miners but a lot of these um, projects like flare you know you might not even necessarily need to use latest and greatest miners um or you have stranded energy you know you could put s 17s or it'll be s 19s here soon yeah. and it's low low cap x it lets you generate um you know capital from something that w- was a waste product yeah. uh, but it's the same thing with the heat and the at the individual level you know exactly. you're using this heat by uh byproduct that is now not it's now a, a half the asset right you know we all like especially like in quebec it's cold in uh, alaska it's freezing all the time right and you know if you can make a portion of your heating bill actually, you know, beneficial for Bitcoin and maybe, you know, you're getting, getting some revenue from that. It's a dual use thing. And I, and I just think that that's amazing where we're at that point where we're now looking at all the derivatives that we can extract from this and it's no longer, it's really nullifying the argument. Oh, it's just a waste of energy. Like Mm -hmm. you're just burning energy for the sake of securing the network. And I think it just destroys the FUD, um, because we all know, like the proof of stake is just recreating the, this current system where if you have a lot of money, you have a lot of control of the money, right? <laughs> uh, and we don't want dangerous. that. We don't want that. We don't want that. We're like we don't. We the rich people already control everything. Like why are we going to recreate the same system? Uh, we'll just keep the same one. We already know the rules.
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's even worse because you don't get that protection from from the law, right? So it's it's yeah, like, it's even worse.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's it's you're just you're amplifying. Uh, you're taking the the bad elements of both ideas. Um, So yeah. So I think, you know, by nullifying the argument, which I don't think it was that valid of an argument in the first place, but I, and and, you know, you touched on something. It's like, even if you don't buy into the um, CO2 being a direct result in global warming, it doesn't really matter what your viewpoints are on that because it's kind of like, I think everybody uh, that I've talked to, no matter what their opinion on that is, it's like, if we can grow more forest, it's a good thing. If we can uh, preserve the environment, it's a good thing. None of us breathe CO two, so less CO two is probably a good thing. The the warming part of it is not, I think, relevant from the standpoint of if we can lower carbon emissions, like it's a win regardless of your viewpoint. And if you can make money off of it, going to sort of like ultra capitalism here, like you know, you, if you can benefit from uh, lowering emissions um, and make money, like it's a it's a double win win. And yeah. I and I think that's where we're going, and that's yeah. great because.
1: I, I see it as a market demand, you know, so there's like yeah. overwhelmingly in the public, like if they're right or not, that is a demand from the public to, Absolutely. you know, invest in those technologies and try to capture carbon and everything. So I, like, I'm a capitalist and I see it as market demand. I have to comply to the market uh, because yes. that's, that's what demand is. Simply. As as that. Um, so yeah, uh, anybody that's going to be able to use their creati- creativity to, you know, repurpose mining into like great things is obviously gonna win and uh, so, because it just doubles your efficiency right yeah
0: no definitely um so I, I guess uh, I think you know like I said we, we you hit on a little bit with uh, with the bit uh, bit a uh, hex which I think is gonna be yeah. you know, like so we won't get too far into that but um, other than those kinds of things just like the growth of that what do you th- is there anything just sort of out there that doesn't exist yet where you see the industry going? once again, to sort of decentralization, the pleb, uh, getting the masses involved in this versus just, you know, what's been kind of a niche even inside of Bitcoin. Do you see any trends happening um, beyond what we've already discussed or or things you would like to see maybe? Uh, well, the you things think would I'd like important? to
1: see is really like every Bitcoiner to have their own node that's also a mining node. So that's obviously something I'd like to see. Uh, it's also like, I, I, I guess at this point, I'm not gonna be very creative myself because I'm always coming up with the same stuff, but using the heat to me is just a no-brainer uh, i've been to an airport when i was doing it and and i was looking at those you know big elements um up inside the warehouses and i asked them like are, are those eating elements and they tell me yes that's to you know to keep the um, um airplanes uh, wings you know oh, our, wow. w- without okay. snow or ice so that kind of stuff like when i see this like people tell me mining is waste like resistive eating is waste to me. Like I see waste everywhere with that now. So uh, to me, I mean, it's coming. Uh, What what I think is going to happen at some point is you might have like chips become so cheap that you get chips instead of resistive eating inside like smart and and things are coming more and more smart and IOT, right? So imagine Samsung doing that, you know, air dryer and they like, they, they do a cheaper air dryer where it's using those ASIC chips to incentivize right. you to use it. And it's connected to your Wi-Fi and mining for you uh, for for them each time you're using it. And then they have like one million air dryers going on everywhere in the world. So that's one million chips. So what yeah. looks like something irrelevant becomes really relevant.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So basically, so I'm almost iot the mining industry, right? You just, everything that has a chip needs a little heat. It could be everywhere. Um, so something else that I think it depends on jurisdiction, but, um, like if once again, like, so I'm in California, there's a lot of solar because we have yeah. a lot of sun, mm-hmm. pretty clear skies. Um, that sort of but not everybody's buying, um, the batteries, right? They're not necessarily, they're just selling it back to the, the power provider. And, um, I'm not 100 percent versed on what's happening, but it seems like there's a lot of pressure because we've ramped so much up on solar, and the power providers aren't ramping up the, the ways of storing it. They're wanting to pay less and less in credits because you know, they don't need more peak you know daylight hour power they need it off peak yeah. and so i feel like yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that have these solar panels at home they're not getting their 20 percent, you know sort of buyback that's happening to give supplement them at the nighttime so it's like that's a perfect example of making controller boards that are basically going there's a uh, thousand watts there whatever the wattage of excess uh, instead of selling it back to your power provider it just mines which then becomes your way of supplementing uh you know that solar array that otherwise is just burning off power
1: you should definitely have a look and maybe a chat with a 100 acres uh, ranch. Uh, that guy is essentially doing direct DC to mining. And that's a big improvement because he uh, like he is saving a lot of, on efficiency uh, because he doesn't have to convert, you know, the DC from the is that right yeah so the dc from the mm-hmm. panels it doesn't have to convert to ac to then convert back to dc right okay so he's doing Got direct it. dc mining and he's been able to do that like like it's following you know the efficiency of his solar panels based on what he's capturing It's gonna you know control his um his firmware using luxor and he's also using uh, the low keyboards done by zach from uh, pivotal pleb so like a big okay. mess of a lot of different pledge working together, yeah, yeah. All g- coming together. That's a really nice project uh, he has going. And I think he has, uh, you know, a, a very nice product that I, we had this one disc- discussion once and I was saying like, I'd have this product on my ranch, like him with, you know, a farm, but I don't know if you know about those farm, butts it's like open source mm. uh, farming. So it's like a CNC machine, oh. but it's farming oh, wow, for okay. you, like vegetables and fruits and everything. So I just wow. have like my greenhouse, you know, with miners to keep it, keep it warm and like my farm butt and, and is solar panels with like, there's so many ways to connect all of this together and become, you know, a self-solving uh, individual.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I didn't even think about uh, greenhouses because that's, uh, you know, getting a heat source for them, you know, and I mean, even here, like we have, it gets cold enough and gets you a 24 hour or a 12 month growth cycle, which yeah. is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I never really thought of that one. And, and, yeah, there's unlimited applications ultimately here. Ah,
1: absolutely. I, I know in Ontario, and I I, sh- I know there are some programs like this in the United States also for residential. Uh, so for plug miners, you're going to be able to to uh, subscribe to a flexible rate, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get char- charged more if you use your electricity, you know, during the, the, the peak. So mostly like, uh, I, I guess something like uh, at the um, uh, dinner time and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you use it during the night, nobody's using it. So they have all those surpluses and they're all, you know, being waste. So instead you could be mining. So imagine in Ontario, you have like two cents and then that's in Canadian dollars. So two cents a kilowatt hour in Canadian dollars. So that's essentially one cent in US. That's essentially free. You can run an S9 and be profitable at that rate. So I think there's going to be some of that. And now start to imagine again with the heat, uh, start to imagine where you, you do that during the heat, uh, during the night and you uh, eat your water tank and you eat, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, you could store some heat. You know, and, and yeah. use that heat during the day. So you lower your bills and you get even more energy efficient. And it's all about, you know, re- reusing that that waste. It's not necessarily about the yeah. environment. Yeah, uh, like, you know, true.
0: And well, it stabilizes the grid, too, because by leveling out their demand by those variable rates, you know, it helps the grid be more efficient overall, too. Yeah. So...
1: I, I, it's a win-win. Me, me personally, I've been an order for like, for forever. I, I can't let something go and die. I always have to try and find a new use for it. And so that's what's been driving, you know, that, that quest for always finding new uses for, for, for Absolutely. those miners.
0: Well, and that's awesome because I think so many people uh, are going to kick themselves for selling off their S9s or their S17s a little premature because uh, there's just so many different avenues of underclocking or even like just putting better firmware and coming up with these alternative uh, byproducts. I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. And I, uh, you know, just as a plug on my end, um, once I kind of like, you know, we, we we're going to talk, I started really diving into your website. And I have to say, like, you guys, um, you know, you have your your retail, you have your services you offer, but like the knowledge base just on your blog, I think, is really great. And I have to recommend everybody to go to decentral.tech and check out what you have going on there because I just, like I said, researching before talking to you, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a treasure trove of, of really great knowledge. So I think I appreciate that. And I think that's so important because uh, a lot of this stuff for, where we're coming to the next cycle it, this stuff has to become easier and uh, the knowledge has to become easier to find and and hopefully we 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 get to the point where we're refining this to where you don't necessarily have to be that technical and the the learning curve is smaller and i and i I really yeah. appreciate everybody that's participating in that process because we need mass adoption eventually and we we have to build it right it's not going to happen by accident so
1: Yeah. And to us, it's just, you know, uh, even amongst Bitcoiners, it's being such a dominant narrative that plebs can't mine. So it's really like the only way for us is to go through education, to show people how it's done. Mm -hmm. And, and how it can make sense and all those different ways. And uh, it became obvious to us. And there are so many ways we haven't touched on necessarily. Like there is like tax implications. So, for instance, somebody running a small business might want, you know, to use mining as a way to report taxes to the next year. Like there are so many ways that I so sometimes yeah. some people would buy ASICs from me and I would just straight up ask them, like, why are you buying this one? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And they would explain like whatever oh, strategy wow. they had in mind. Like there are <laughs> That's so many splo- w-
0: that blew that blew my mind just now. The tax aspects, right? You so, can basically offset capex. Yeah. You can yeah. spend it this year. Okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, let me so type you, my you, you CPA I mean? right now. Like there yeah, are so yeah. many ways to, like. So that's why I came to that conclusion, why there's no one size fits all. And like, there are so many ways that people are going to come with creativity to monetize that and and to, you know, mine and and find a way to ideologically or or, or to make a return on it. So now I just, you know, my only goal is to provide and to, to give all the information that's required to make it happen.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And it's very appreciated. Uh, Yeah. You guys have a good reputation out there and, You know, your name came up, like I said, all over the place and very positively. So I, like I said, I, I, I it was a pleasure talking to you and I, I know you guys are doing, uh, you know, it's like, we talk about ideology here and like you guys are obviously Bitcoiners and not just a business that happens to sell something related to Bitcoin, which I think is important, but that's the greatest thing about this is, you know, this is the first. And it's, it is an ideology, right? There is these core values that exist and we're all very strong believers in them. Um, but it's the first one that's like, also like, yeah, you have to make a living and like profits. Okay. And you know, it's not, you know, anti that, which I think is kind of cool because it lets businesses do these ethical things and build amazing things, but at the same time make a living and not feel like they have to give everything away for free, which is a great, great synergy. Right. And we all, hopefully grow together.
1: Uh, One more like narrative that it really defeats is like that, that thinking that environment and profit can go together. Well, methane mitigation is proving that wrong right now.
0: A hundred percent. And, and I think that's important because, you know, like I, it's not a a topic that I normally jump into, but like, I'm a skeptic on both sides. Like, I don't really know. Uh, You know, I don't, like a lot of us, it's like, and it's I fair. kind of trust science. Yeah, I kind of trust science, but at the same time, I also understand there's a lot of motive that yeah. could be counter to mine on go. this subject. Um, and so, at the end of the day, like I always kind of go like, if I can um, make an electric car profitable for me, like it saves me money, Why and I'm not? not just buying a fifty thousand dollar car for no reason, I'll buy an electric car. If I can make solar work for me and and it pencils out long term, I'm going to buy solar. And I think that's important because. If you're doing things just to signal that you're a good person, um, there's really no value in that and it yeah. disappears quickly. And it's just another form of consumerism, right? Absolutely. But if you can actually make this stuff work, and I think Bitcoiners and what you guys are doing, we're actually making a lot of these climate ideals actually practical, which yeah. <laughs> you know maybe a lot of us don't even believe in it, but it doesn't matter. We're actually yeah, making the, the crap that we're making it work for them. And a, a huge portion are kind of <laughs> like skeptics anyway, but that doesn't matter because like it's still getting done. And I think it's a net gain for everybody involved at the end of the day. So it's a win-win and I love win-wins. We're always trying to find those.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I, it was a pleasure. Uh, is there anything that we didn't cover that you feel like uh, you want to put out there, or anything you want to plug?
1: No, I think that's uh, it. And actually, my laptop is just about to die right now, so. Well, then it's
0: perfect timing. Perfect <laughs> yes. timing. Well, then I thank you very much, and I you know really appreciate it. And I think I might have to have uh, you got you or uh, your partner on again because I yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'm going to come up with a ton of new questions. So
1: for sure, for you sure, and a... I'm, I'm sure we can touch on so many other subjects. Uh, okay. Like uh, so, absolutely, we'll be there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate
0: it once again. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you later.
1: I'm Thanks, Edge. Bye bye. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion on subversion, instead of elections, on intimidation, instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night, instead of armies by day. It is a system which has constructed vast human and material resources
0: into the building of a heightened, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic,
1: scientific, and political operations preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed.